Welcome to Bible study. Let's pray. Brother, would you ask the Lord's blessings? Yes, Pastor. Oh, dear Jesus, thank you for this evening and bringing us all here in your house to listen to your word. Also, we ask that you bless Pastor in teaching your word. And also, when we are on our travels back home from this Bible study, Bible study, you keep us safe, and Lord, dear Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are teaching on finishing your race. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to 2 Timothy, Paul's second letter to Timothy. What? Oh, okay. Chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Finishing your race. Life's like a race. When does this one end? When you get to heaven. And actually there'll be more to do up there. But So we want to look this evening at the theme of competing voices. Competing voices in your race. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. So a man was visiting his doctor and he was complaining said, doctor, I'm hearing voices in my leg. And so the doctor, of course, said, well, have you seen your psychiatrist? And the man said, no. He said, no, no, no. No, you're the only one I trust with this. This is kind of sensitive. So the family doctor uses his stethoscope on the patient's knee. And sure enough, he hears a little voice. The doctor does. And it says, hey, doc, could you lend me five bucks? And the doctor is like, this is crazy. So he's alarmed, but he continues his check and he goes to the ankle and he hears the same voice. It says, doctor, come on, spare me 10 bucks. I'm good for it. And so the doctor kind of shakes his head. Then he puts his stethoscope back on and he goes to the, the patient's shin and he hears a little voice. You look like a reliable type. Do you think you could spot me 20 bucks? And so the doctor, he stands up and shakes his head and he said, I, I don't really know what's going on with the voice, but it seems that your leg is broke in three places. <laughs> Competing voices. Competing voices. Well, when you're in a race, one of the things that happens is, is you begin to hear voices. You get tired. And it can happen in the race of life. It can happen in the rat race. It can also happen in the Christian race. So this evening in this chapter, before we even begin, what I really want to do is kind of give a skill for all answering all the voices that you're going to hear in this life for Christ. And there was an example I read or heard about, and his uh, name is Dr. James Gills. And he, he completed six double Ironman triathlons. Those are long races without getting into it. He was asked how he did it and he paused for a moment and he said, I've learned to talk to myself instead of listening to myself. Now that's worth repeating there because that is kind of the key of what we're talking about tonight in competing voices. The doctor said, I've learned to talk to myself instead of listening to myself. If I listen to myself, I hear all the negative thoughts, all the complaints, all the fears, 
all the doubts, all the reasons why I shouldn't be able to finish the race. You ever heard those words? <laughs> but if I talk to myself, I can feed myself with the words of encouragement I need to finish the race. And then the doctor told this man he, he would memorize and quote, interestingly, scripture. And this kept him going and fueled him towards the finish line. Now it's interesting. Jesus, he, his disciples, he, he was told, his disciples, uh, he was asked a question. And he said, how come your disciples eat without washing their hands? And Jesus said, that's not how you get defiled. He said, you don't get defiled by what you eat because it doesn't go into your heart. If your food goes into your heart, you've got a problem. <laughs> okay, if you're an endocrinologist, whatever, it goes into your belly and then it comes out the pipe, right? It doesn't go into your heart. But Jesus said, in Mark chapter 7, he said in verse 20, that which cometh out of the man that defileth the man. And then Jesus begins to talk about what comes out. He said, out of the heart of men, evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness. But I want to focus on this one. Deceit. That's a lie. Have you ever had a voice tell you something that was a lie? Man, your, your husband doesn't love you. Oh, your pastor doesn't love you. Oh, I'm too tired to go to work. You know, I hear that one. You know, people hear that every day, right? But all these voices that are in your head aren't necessarily the truth. So what's the answer? Talk to yourself rather than just listen to those voices. You have the control here. So let's look at the voices. Let's start with the voices. So in verses 1 to 9, we hear the bad voices, the voices you don't want to hear. And... Uh, so this mother went to a doctor because she was hearing voices nonstop. And the doctor asked her some questions and said, I have diagnosed what the voices are. And the mother said, what are they? The doctor said, okay, sit down, ma'am. These nonstop voices are known as children. <laughs> but verse one, Paul said to, yes, and child, you don't even need more than one, do you? Goodness. And if they go, anyway, so... This also know, verse 1, 2 Timothy chapter 3. This also know that in the last days, perilous times shall come. This was a warning to Timothy. So these last days must have started a long time ago, okay? It's in the same dispensation we're in right now, but these are happening 2,000 years ago, and they're happening now. For what, what, what's happening? For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Now these are the actions of men, but they carry with them voices, don't they? People who love their own selves, they talk a certain way. And really, misplaced love is a problem, isn't it? They're covetous. They have the wrong attitude. You know what the last commandment is? You probably do. Of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not... Covet. It's interesting because it doesn't deal with an action, does it? It deals with an attitude. Have you ever been accused of having a bad attitude? So these people with these voices have misplaced love, a bad attitude, they're boasters. Have you ever heard someone boasting? 
You know what boasting is a lot of times? It's insecurity. Have you ever heard someone, they puff their chest out? Marines are good at that when they graduate from boot camp. They puff their chest out, 150 pounds, and they walk around showing everyone how insecure they are, okay? But without natural affection. You know, I, there, there's people that don't have a natural affection, and the, and the, and the devil's a liar. That, that There's a God that loves you, but there's people that... They, they have been lied to and uh, they, they come apart to where they don't even have a natural affection for their own family. I, I remember, and it results in child abuse and different things. I remember some, some time ago, I raised my hand above my head like you're going to do it when you hit someone. I did that when my daughter was a little kid. And I just raised my hand above my head and she just kind of looked at me like, okay. <laughs> Why? Because she had no fear that my hand was going to come down on her because she knows that I don't do that. Because we have natural affection. And those voices, those lying voices, they, they will try to convince you of things that just are not true. But thank God that Christians have a love for one another, a love for their family. We might not be perfect, but we're working on it. Oh, I, I jumped into the next verse. Without natural affection, truce breakers, people that don't keep their word. You've ever heard that? The check is in the mail. I'll be there. You know, those are, those are not the right voices. They don't come true. False accusers. You know, the tweet is not always true. We have all of this immediate news, right? I saw it on Facebook. So what? I mean, it doesn't mean that it's true. A lot of times you'll get this immediate news, breaking news, but it's also... It's breaking from the truth a lot of times. you got to just wait, okay? Uh, false accusers. So in the age of immediate information, it's easy to accuse someone of something, right? And so someone has to sit there and try to defend it. But it says they're fierce, which means uncivilized or wild. In, in the South, we say off the chain, right? There's people that are off the chain. And you see that in the comments section. I said, I can't believe they even said that. But they say that. And it says, they're despisers of those that are good. You know that not only that, that there's people that they hate people just because they do right. Really? What about Cain? How, why did he slay his brother? Because his own works were evil and his brothers were good. I, if you're going to do right, well, I'm just going to take care of you. I remember when, I believe it was Ahab was asked about some, he's the king of Israel, asked the king of Judah, said, let's go get some prophets to see if we should go to battle. And so they had like 400 prophets. They said, go up, go up, you're going to win. And the king of Judah said, isn't there anyone else that we can ask? And he's like, there's one guy. That's what Ahab said. His name is Micaiah. He said, but I hate him. Why? Because he always prophesies evil against me. Why? Because he prophesies the truth. I don't want that real prophet. So there's people like that. And you know, if there's people that don't like you because you serve God, that's all right. Those are the voices you need to just talk over, right? Traitors, which are turncoats. Heady. <laughs> you know what heady means? Impulsive. Headlong. Have you ever just done an impulse buy? You ran to get it. I remember uh, my wife and I, didn't we order some of that, what is that place called that sold those, uh, those, those cheeses and different things? Oh, Swiss, Swiss Colony. Swiss Colony, and you're like, wow, it's so nice. 
And then you get it, and you're like, hey! Someone's like shrinky dinks, they stuck it at the oven, and it all shrank. And you get these little tiny cheeses. But the way you see it in the magazine, you're like, wow! Awesome! Not. But, but if you impulse buy it, then you get what's called bias, buyer's remorse, right? High-minded. That's figurative of someone who's kind of had got the big head. They're self-inflated. Have you ever seen someone like that? And then verse 5 probably been that way before too you know but having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away so there's a lot of a lot of voices out there but here's the deceitful part right when you're running a race these voices have a form of godliness they're people that go to church have you ever seen a counterfeit three dollar bill probably not (laughs) But you see a lot of 20s, right? You see a lot of 10s. One came through the church here. At least it was a 20 and not a 1, right? At least the counterfeiter was like thinking big, right? <laughs> but uh, didn't, didn't pass the bank muster. <laughs> but Cain even worshipped. There's a lot of people. They'll go to church. They'll worship. Cain brought, he brought, an, before edible arrangements existed, he brought an edible arrangement to God. You know, it must have been beautiful. It was, it, was, it was a tiller of the ground, so it was all of his fruit and his veggies, and it might have been a veggie tray with ranch dip and everything, but he didn't bring the right thing. See, God wanted a sacrifice. God wanted that innocent animal that died to cover the sins of the guilty. So the, the reason that these voices and the voices that come from people and the voices in our head, you have to be careful, is because they're dressed up in religion. They're dressed up in church clothes. They can say amen and listen to Christian music and go to church, but we have to listen to the power of their life. It says they deny the power thereof. You know what, Paul, he said, I don't preach to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. He said, because I don't want your faith to stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And the Bible said, In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. How powerful. I came in to church a sinner when I was in California, young Marine. I left a Christian. That is the power of God. What did the preacher say? I don't even remember. I just remember at the end of the service, I am giving my life to Jesus Christ. That is the power of God. And it says to everyone that believeth. And so what do you do with all these fake religious people? It says from such turn away, unfriend, delete, no thanks, whatever else, however, untweet, untwoo, you untwoo and I untweet you. You tweet me badly. So verse six, for uh, this sort, but why is it dangerous? Because wolves in sheep's clothing are dangerous. And a lot of abuse occurs from people in position of trust, right? Sad to say it, but it's policemen, teachers, even preachers. People that have gotten close to someone and then abuse that trust. Verse 6, For this sort are they which creep into houses... And lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse, diverse lusts. So these kind of folks and 
speaking of men, now I was thinking about this. These silly women are probably married. So why, preacher? Can a single woman have a house? Of course they can. But why would you have to creep into a single woman's house? Let's go knock on the door. Like, hey, Betty, it's John. Let's go party. No, but this was someone who's creeping in. Either the man's married or the woman's married. So they have to do it in the 2020 uh, parlance of on the down low, right? They've got to go on the down low. Why? Because it's wrong. And uh, so does it happen today? Have you ever heard of someone running off with someone they met on the internet? It creeps right in, right? So it, it happens too. It happens to preachers and Christians and these, they, they creep right in and start these relationships up right under the nose of the other person. And that's why you don't even want to be around folks like that. Just you got to delete those voices out of your life. And here's the problem. That type of attitude is ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the true truth. You can't study yourself into Christ. You commit yourself into Christ. If you're ever having a problem with God, what you need to do is come down to an altar and just say, God, if there's something between me and you, then I just, I just give it up. How many times have I done that? We, we uh, drove a real expensive truck. Not recently, okay, but... This is a long time ago for work. And it might have been, it was a huge uh, CDL truck. A huge, I think it was called a Sterling. So it was about 2000 when they came out. Brand new. And uh, it quit working. It would go kind of the limp mode and just go like a few miles an hour. It was an awesome truck. Had this digital transmission, not a stick shift, called an Allison transmission. And so they took it to the shop. There was a tiny little piece of metal called slag. Okay, and it had gotten down into the transmission. Just a tiny little piece of metal stopped like a $100,000 truck, a new one. And you know, kind of sometimes just a little sin or a little bitterness, it can stop all that joy and all that peace and all that love and all the goodness of God. So you just got to go to God and say, what is it? And God's like, God points to it and it's like, okay, God, that slag is out of there because I want to run again. I want to put my tranny Holy Ghost transmission in the drive. In verse 8, now is Janus and Jambres, who in the world are those? Those are Egyptian names. Withstood Moses. So do these also resist the truth. Remember, these are the deceitful voices in your head. And they might come from outside. It's not so bad when they come from outside. It's when they get inside your ears that they're dangerous, right? Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Well, one writer said that Janus and Jambres were magicians. And they were in Pharaoh's court. So remember when Moses was there and they were uh, going before Pharaoh and Aaron cast down his rod and it became a serpent? Well, here are these magicians. They cast down their rods and imitated magic. They had magical powers. So where was it from? The devil? I don't know. Maybe it was a trick. Maybe it was from the devil. Maybe it was real magic. But they were able to imitate what Moses did. And I was like, ooh. You know that just because someone does a miracle doesn't mean they're of God. It can be of the devil. Same power. It's a power. So, but what happened? It caused Pharaoh's heart to harden to the truth of God. And, uh, but I kind of like God's class, right? So Janus and Jambres, they, they threw their rods down and they became serpents just like Aaron's rod. But then it says in Exodus chapter 7 verse 12, Aaron's rod went to the buffet. And it swallowed up one rod and swallowed up the other rod. And 
however many other rods, they had to go to Amazon and go shop to the rod store. I mean, the Pharaoh's guys were like, can we get off early? We got to go to Amazon or to Denial, Denial River, maybe, I don't know, because they were in the Nile, but they had to go shopping at the rod store, right? Because to order a new rod. I don't know if they had rod stores, they had to go make one, okay? But they shall proceed no further, verse 9, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. Now, it's interesting. People that resist the truth, the truth's going to come out. Have you ever heard that? The truth's going to come out. And uh, it happened with the magicians in, in chapter 8 of Exodus, verse 18 and 19. When God brought forth lice, they tried to copy it. Well, they couldn't do it because God had raised the bar. And the magicians said, this is the finger of God. They realize it's not just magic. This is something bigger than us. And then in the next chapter, they couldn't, first couldn't reproduce. Then they couldn't even hang. It says in verse chapter uh, 9 of Exodus, verse 11, And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils. For the boil was upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. So God made it to where the evil men couldn't even stand in the sight of the truth of the word of God. Now all of that power that Moses was given was just to exalt God as the one true God. And you know, God has power over every situation that he might be exalted. What did Jesus say? I, even I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. All miracles, all blessings. Every miracle has a message in it if you read from the word of God. Uh, Jesus even said that thou mayest know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. That's the message. He told the paralyzed man, just rise up and walk. Well, the miracle was a miracle, but it pointed to Jesus that he could forgive sins. The power that caused him to walk is the power that can forgive sins. So verse 10 to 14 is godly voices. So you've got the bad voices, but we need the good voices. And thank God there are good voices. But thou has fully known my doctrine, teaching, manner of life, the way someone lives. And brethren, watch people's lives. Watch the preacher's life. Watch him. He's there to be made a spectacle. Watch how he treats his wife. Watch how he treats his kid. Watch how he talks to his wife. So, well, that's not fair. It's absolutely, Paul said, look at my life. Watch me. <laughs> he said, you've, you've seen my life. Because all these other people were saying, well, we're Christians too. He said, he didn't just say, you've seen my teaching or heard my teaching. You've seen my way I live. You've seen my purpose. You've seen why I do things. You've seen my faith. You've seen my long-suffering, the way I treat people that, that do me wrong. You've seen my charity. You've seen my patience, right? It's like though the doctor had to go out of business because he didn't have any patience, right? Well, we have to have patience as a Christian. Paul lived what he preached. And then he said, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all oh, the Lord delivered me. What's Paul talking about? Well, he explains it in the next verse. He said, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You know, as a Christian in a race, you have to understand that you're going to face persecution. And most of it's going to be between your ears. But some of it might be outside of your ears. But in a race, you're going to face all kinds of challenges too. There are going to be fatigue. There are going to be obstacles. There's going to be hard times in a race. And in verse 11, 
Paul preached in Antioch and there was a revival. In fact, they were first called Christians in Antioch. So they ran him out of Antioch. Persecution. So he went to Iconium. Same thing. Ran him out of Iconium. So he went to Lystra. Did a miracle. Woohoo! Well, what happened there? In Acts chapter 14, verse 19, and there came certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, the last two places, who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. So, what about Lystra? Paul said in Lystra, but the Lord delivered, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. And as the disciples stood around his body, as he had been stoned to death and drawn out of the city, it said, he rose up. So was he, was he actually dead? Did Jesus raise him from the dead? I don't know, but he just rose up. Now notice what he did. <laughs> and came into the city. And then in verse 21, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch. I like that. He went right back to the places that he had been run out of and preached the gospel again. There's a gentleman uh, named Jason at, at, a, at a, a supermarket, and he got in a pretty good motorcycle accident. Remember when he was all banged up? He was pretty banged up, and I think he had either his arm or his leg was in some kind of sling or cast or something like that. And I said, well, you're never riding a bike again. He said, no, I bought another one. And I was like, okay. But I thought about it, and I said, you know what? That's exactly what people need to do. When you wreck in life, get back up and get on your bike. Don't just quit. Don't just say, well, that's it. Bad things happen when you serve God. No. Get back up. Ride your motorcycle. And I was thinking, man, right on, dude. That's exactly what more people need to do. Overcome your fear. Get back on your bike and go forward. And that's exactly what he did. Because, you see, we'll suffer persecution if we live godly. But guess what? But all they that live godly shall be delivered. Men are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Psalms 34 and 19. But all they that live godly can have cheer. Jesus said, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, as a Christian, we have a deliverer. We can be delivered. And so we can just... Have peace with it, man. We can have cheer and joy and just make everybody else insecure. Just have some joy and make the sinner insecure. And make like, man, why are you so happy? Well, because Jesus Christ is making things happen in my life. Amen? So, verse 13, I've got a few minutes left here. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's one thing when you deceive others, you actually deceive yourself but i don't want to lie to myself you ever lie to yourself so you can get that donut it's like it's not so bad it is bad just eat it but don't lie to yourself okay i tell people it's no calories if you eat it when you're standing up right that's a lie okay we're just joking but don't deceive yourself tell yourself the truth but tell yourself the truth that you can keep going but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. There was a valid source. The person who preached them lived them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Not like an amulet, not putting the Bible over your head, but through faith which is in Christ Jesus. That's the correct way to use the scriptures. You trust Jesus as your Savior. It's that simple. 
And then, as the word of God, well, actually 15, 16, and 17, God's word, that voice. All scripture is given by inspiration of God is, in, is profitable for doctrine, teaching, reproof for correction, which is exactly that, or correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, the woman of God, the church member, the, the casual Christian, may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm about done, but you know when Jesus was in the wilderness and the devil was telling him, what did the devil tell him? Oh, command these stones to be made bread. You know what Jesus' voice was telling him on the inside? Jesus, you're hungry. Well, how do you know that, preacher? It said he hungered. So everything was telling him. His tummy was telling him. Everything was saying, you're hungry. You're hungry. But he wasn't going to use his powers for his own good. And he said, instead of listening to the devil talk to me and my own self talk to me, he said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Jesus spoke into the situation and had victory. And that's what we can do when we get tired and we have all these competing voices. Speak a scripture into that. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we, can, that we ask or think that uh, he is able to keep that which I have committed unto, unto him against that day. He's able to keep you from falling. All these promises are in the Word of God, but speak them into the situation that you're going through that you can keep going on your race. So I'm going to close with this. This boy wanted to play baseball during COVID, but his mom's like, your friends can't come over. Just go out, you know, with your ball and your bat in the backyard. So the little boy does. And so he's got his ball and his bat and says, well, I'm just going to just going to kind of do my own thing. So he throws the ball up and he says, you know, positive thinking. He said, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. And he, sw he swings and he misses. And the ball hits the ground. And he goes, strike one. <laughs> but he picks it up undeterred. He throws it up. He eyes it. And he said, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. He's speaking into this situation, right? He swings and he misses. Bonk. Strike two, he says. Picks it back up. He said, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. And he throws the ball up and he swings with all his might. And he misses it. And it falls on the ground. And he looks down at the ball. He picks it up and he says, wow. He said, I'm the greatest pitcher in the world. Yes! <laughs> but speaking of your situation, make your voice the one that overcomes we over, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by what? The word of their testimony. They spoke into the situation. Don't let the voices be, be in control. God's word is in control. And speak into the situation. Competing voices. We're going to finish our race with joy. Father, I've preached your word. Have your way. Accomplish your will. In Jesus' name, amen.